A Gospel reading from Matthew, chapter 6. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your arms, alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they, they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Ash Wednesday always feels to me like a reality check. Hearing someone who loves you, who cares about you, and we, as your called staff to this place, pastors and staff, do love you, we do care about you, but hearing us saying to you that you came from dust and will return to dust, it's kind of off-putting, isn't it? It seems at first, perhaps, a hell of a greeting, literally. You are dirt, and you're going to die. It's a little condemning. And I have to confess that sometimes my hands get a little shaky or even go a little numb, and I get a bit choked up as I speak these words to a person I know is struggling with their health or has other weights upon them, maybe caring for another or dealing with other things that just seem to be piling on. It seems a little too close in those situations. And it sometimes feels wrong to me when a young person or even a baby comes to my station and I have to speak those words to them. It seems out of place, almost like a lie. You are vibrant and new and full of life and possibility seems like the better thing to say. More fitting. And yet, the reality check of the words spoken over you this night 
are more than just a reminder of your mortality. To play on kind of the convergence of this day, I think these words are just the Valentine's Day message we all need and the world needs. And the key is this. If the words, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return, were just words spoken out of nowhere, words among all kinds of other words, something that popped up on a Google search, a detached quote, they would simply be a stark reminder, maybe even a rude interruption, but they would be a reminder of your mortality, and that would be all. But these are words spoken from God's own mouth, taken from the third chapter of Genesis. They are part of the consequence of Adam and Eve taking from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, wanting to be like God, taking judgment into their own hands, hands that cannot carry it. But they are also the words that connect our being with that of the earth and so connect us to the care of the earth. God's original intention and command to Adam and Eve in the creation story. But they are also a reminder from the mouth of the one who breathed life into Adam and Eve and into you as well. Having fearfully and wonderfully formed you out of the dust of the earth, remember that you came from almost nothing. In other words, as well, God loves the dust that is you. And that changes everything about the words that we hear today. You see, the thing is, without the scriptures, without our faith, without any attention to God or God's word, the world has actually agreed that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. We are made, we hear, from the same raw materials as the stars and the soil on our own planet and that of countless other planets in countless other galaxies. It may sound cooler to say that we are made of space dust, but it's dust none the more. And while some may deny God's eternal love and renewal of our dust once, more, once our time on this earth has ended, no one can deny that we do indeed return to the dust, to the earth. But what is missing all in all of this, if it is apart from God, is that there is no love for this dust. Amazon doesn't love this dust. It doesn't love your dust. And it is only one example of the billions of markets that encourage your dust to buy more dust so that you can be better or happier dust but it doesn't love your dust. Ulta Beauty doesn't love this dust, but in a perfection-saturated and obsessed society, it tells you to cover your dust, pretty up your dust, prevent and pre-prevent the aging of your dust, and even use products literally made out of dust 
to disguise your actual dust. <laughs> I recently read that Gen Z is almost singly responsible for a shocking 20% rise in anti-aging Botox. The youngest generation among us, the very ones if any company could somehow draw out their skin DNA and implant it into those who are older would make billions upon billions. They're the ones being sold pre-anti-aging products. And the pandemic of loneliness and anxiety about being perfect dust is higher among them as well. But I want to say something that I disagreed with in this reading. They are not responsible for this. This is not on them. You are not responsible. It's youth night. I'm going to look over at them. You are not responsible for this. The fault is on those who depend, who depend on the lie that your dust is not sacred, is not holy, and is never good enough. Now, the list goes on, of course. Easy for me to talk about makeup, right? I could talk about a whole lot of other things that are closer to home and my heart and be much less of a hypocrite. We know all the places and the things and the lures that do not love our dust, who seek to create doubt or anxiety or fear about our dust, to measure its worth and to tell us that our dust is lacking and they can make it better. But God loves this dust without anything to sell. And God loves that dust and that dust and that dust. God loves all of this dust gathered here together, every last speck of it. As we enter into this Lenten season, I know that many of you give something up or kind of lay something down. And more recently, many have gotten into the practice of picking something up or taking something on as a discipline. I'd like, you to, I'd like to invite you to do a little bit of both tonight, in addition to whatever it might be that you're looking at this Lent. Lay down the lie of those who do not love your dust and pick up the truth of God's word to you today. Let it really sink in. Not just because it is true, but because it is truth spoken by one who loves you more than you could possibly imagine. The very one who loved your dust into being. The very one who himself became dust and returned to the dust so that this dust may have life and life eternal. Thanks be to God. Amen.